Welcome to the Life Transitions Guide, the podcast that helps you navigate life's transitions with clarity and confidence. I'm your host, Michelle Martin, and each week we'll explore practical strategies, insightful interviews, and inspiring stories to empower you on your transformative journey. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. For those who have been with me for my whole journey, I just want to say thank you so much for taking a mini break with me and coming back. I'm feeling pretty darn good, but obviously we have to talk about some changes that are going on. As you can hear from the introduction and information, the podcast is taking a different turn than where it started. And I just want to take some time in this episode to talk about that journey and how this came to be. Okay, so let's get into that story. So early in my coach training, something that comes up is what is your niche? Essentially, that means what challenge do you want to face or what problem do you want to solve? And it sounds really easy, right? But for me, it was torturous. I cannot even tell you how much that question really started to bother me as time went on and as it came up more and more and more. And the theory is that you can't help everybody. I mean, yeah, I guess you can, but not really. And everybody has their own personal brand. So if you're a parent, you have a style and you're good at some things and not other things. And it might be like, hey, Go to dad if you want the best meatloaf. Like he's the one who has to make the meatloaf. And then, you know, dad all of a sudden becomes known for the best meatloaf in the world. And it's the same for if you're a leader, you have a style, you have things that you're good at. And of course, it's the same if you're a coach or a consultant. And if you're trying to solve all the problems and challenges, because technically coaching is coaching and you can have good coaching conversations no matter what the challenge is. But if you're trying to solve all of them, you don't ever get good at one. And you don't really get into the deep tissue work or even how to give people assignments or lessons that are going to help them progress in their journey. So hence, it's recommended that you niche. And I believe this. I believe in it. But I struggled with it so much. So what do you do when you don't know what to pick? What do you do when you're at that crossroads and you feel like you have to pick and you don't know what to pick? You can stay frozen, but Mel Robbins would say, and I'm sure she got it from somewhere too, so if I butcher this, please forgive me, but messy action is better than no action. Because sometimes when you actually just take a step forward, and if you end up on the wrong road, it becomes clear at that time what you don't want. And sometimes that helps create clarity to what you do want. Now, I would love to tell you that I was super strategic in my picking the wrong road, but I wasn't. So I think in all of the pressure to pick a niche, something that actually came up right away for me was I don't want to do leadership one on one coaching. Of course, friends, whoever, were like, why? Like, you know it, you've done it for so long. What is it about it that you don't like or you don't want to spend time doing? 
And I never really, I don't think, had a good answer, but, you know, I would give some sort of an answer. And it was something like, well, you know, I've already done that. And, you know, it's just not something I want to do more of. And, but I just didn't know. And I think as time went on, something that we do, our human tendency is to go, well, is it really that bad? And you start to doubt yourself. Why? Because your brain loves safety. That is a fact. So when you are going to change and when it feels uncertain, when it doesn't feel safe, your instincts will fight you. It will say, are you sure? And it will try to convince you about the things that you know, why it could be good, how to reframe it, etc., etc. So anyway, I bought into it. I was like, yeah, it's like, I do love helping people lead better. And I do love it when, when we really lead from a human first and KPI second space. Like, I love that. So hence, I went down the path of leadership, saying I'm a leadership coach. And I'm doing some consulting work now. And I actually really do love that. I love to train, like to help people develop all the things I'm saying I don't want to do. I actually like to do it. But there's something about doing it in my one-on-one work that I don't love. And I'm like, what is this? And why is this like feeling of resistance coming up? So one of the parts of self-leadership is certainly self-discovery. And I thought I already went through those exercises way before I even left my job to say, okay, what am I passionate about? What, am I re- what do I have experience in? What am I really good at? You know, the typical questions that you would ask yourself when you're trying to select a job, a path, a whatever, an answer. So I think at first pass, I just stopped too shallow. So when I think about it and I say, okay, where have you had a personal transformation? Of course, I have in leadership. I started as an hourly employee who was really a punk rebel who loved to break the rules. And then all of a sudden, I'm leading people to follow process, find their individualism, and like be the best version of themselves. Like, how do you go from one to the other? So, definitely a transformation happened there. When I think about my expertise, okay, I was definitely stronger on the leadership side than than technical expertise per se, because I did shift jobs quite a bit. So it's not like I went to school to be a doctor and then all I ever did was be a doctor. So there wasn't this deep level of expertise. And then it comes to the passionate interests. What are you passionate about? And that is where I think I got confused. So uh, although I picked leadership in developing others and helping them on their journey, That's actually not my true passion. It's not what I could do for free in a way, from a leadership side anyway. And it's certainly not what I could do 24-7 and just think about 24-7. There is an element in there, yes. And I think that's where I got a little confused. And the element is the human side, the personal evolution, be it mine, be it somebody else's. But leadership, that part was what I did. So when I asked myself, well, what about leadership do you have such a passionate interest in? That's where I found, I guess, the flaw. It was the personal development journey. It's always been the personal development journey. 
when I think about this, it's when we evolve to become something that we weren't. When I think about, say, the hero's journey, it's when we transform from weak to strong. And I would say a good example of that is when we feel that maybe we can't public speak and it scares the crap out of us. And then through training, through mindset work, through through coaching, through perseverance and resilience, all of a sudden somebody is doing a speech. They transform from weak to strong. They do something they didn't believe that they could do. They did something that they were so scared to do. And through self-leadership, they're able to then do it. When things are really hard, when all you have is you. And yes, I know that that's kind of a little bit dramatic. We all have, for the most part, support systems and at least people around us. We don't truly need to be alone. But when we are working through something that's really hard, the first person that challenges us is us. The first person we have to get through is us. So when I was having this realization that I didn't go deep enough on the personal interest part and really sitting with the parts that fascinate me to no end, that that kind of actually did make me good as a leader, um, but they are the human tendency, the behavior science, like how our brain works, how you can understand how something can come to be like how we would, what's our trigger and then how we would react to that and how you can intervene and get in front of it and lead yourself in a different way. Like for example, I'm going to hide the chocolate because if I don't see it, I won't eat it. And and it actually works. To me, it's hilarious. It's hilarious how you can know that you're actually managing yourself and it still works. So I find that so fascinating. But when I sat and just thought about those things and, and really realized, okay, on the passionate interest, I missed the boat. I didn't go deep enough. So really, what is it that I do? And when I think about what I've already covered, it's really, it's about change. It's about that personal evolution. And here's the kicker. We all go through change. But we do not all transition through it. We don't all get through the other side because it's really damn hard. There's a lot of influencers around us that influence us to stay where we are or to stay stuck. There's just natural fear that comes with paying bills and providing for your family or for your own life. And more than ever, there is a personal spiritual disconnection. And when I say spiritual, I do not mean religion, but just the connection to ourselves, our purpose. And it's kind of becoming a little bit of a buzzword, which I really hate. But for all the super independent, for all the overachievers who can push through and, you know, suck it up and and just grind it out and get through to the other side, Something that we've certainly lost along the way is the connection to our deeper self, the who we are, what our mission is, what our purpose is, and and really the legacy that we want to leave behind. Okay, so now I'm sitting here thinking, all right, so leadership coaching, at least as far as my one-on-one practice goes, 
is not where my personal interest is. And I'm starting to realize that there's a lot there when it comes to change and transition, that I certainly have my own personal transformation, that I definitely have a passion and interest. So that's loud and clear. The next question is, well, do you have expertise? How do you help people? So anytime you are coaching somebody, you're, it's definitely about a transformation. It's about where are they to where they want to go. So certainly there, from an expertise standpoint, there is structure. And that I don't mean that in a rigid structure sort of way. There is definitely a pattern that happens when people go through significant change, whether it's, you know, the uncertainty, lack of vision, not having a roadmap anymore, not even sure what you want the roadmap to be, a massive loss in confidence. And all those things rock your self-belief. It makes you question what you know. So there's a lot of self-doubt there. You don't have the vision that you once had. So you don't exactly know where you're going. And you, you probably couldn't make the map, even if you had the opportunity to make the map. There's the other pressures that are happening around you. And unfortunately, the worst thing sometimes comes from the people that we love, the people that are closest to us, who with good intent say things like, oh, you still have pay continuance? That's amazing. You should really enjoy the summer and just take the time to your family that you don't normally have. Or what a great opportunity this is for you. You must be so excited. Or oh, everything's going to work out. Like you're absolutely fantastic. Like I wouldn't stress about it. And if you're feeling some sort of guilt or shame because you, you're hearing that from people and logically you, you believe it, you know it to be true and that you should capitalize on, on this time and this opportunity, but you just can't convert it. You just can't action it for some reason. You feel some shame and guilt around that. Then I'm here to tell you, It's no wonder you're struggling to absolutely capitalize on this opportunity that's in front of you because you don't feel 100%. You don't know your future and the future is uncertain for you. Your mission has changed. Like everything that makes us feel safe and whole and rooted is not there. You can't capitalize on these opportunities when you feel down and out, no matter how logical it may be. Your feelings are always going to influence your actions. They're always going to influence your results. So instead of trying to pressure and focus yourself to make the most out of the opportunity in front of you, really, it's just to take a step back and say, how do I raise my awareness about who I am and the situation I'm in and learn to accept it? Because you can't move on and enjoy any sort of new beginning if you have not accepted and let go of the past. So naturally, there is framework to transition from the end of one chapter, moving through what's called the neutral zone, and then starting a new beginning. Okay, so then the question still is, but do you have, you know, personal expertise? Have you been through this or helped people through this where when you're actually working with clients, you're not some sort of a newbie working out of a textbook because we can all smell that a million miles away. So as I sat and reflected to say like, what, what 
transitions and change have I gone through? And of course, probably much like the rest of you, you always at first think, oh, I don't, I don't really have personal experience. Well, but then when you sit and you let your mind thinking, you go back, you're like, holy crap, I have a lot. Just from my adult life, just from my adult life, if I think about transitioning and taking on four new jobs with absolutely no prior experience, and some of these situations were really tough and good stress, but ultimately crazy tough. So one of the ones was actually getting a new job and building and developing an onboarding program for the company I worked for. And when you have no expertise in L&D, you've never worked in learning and developing, it can be really intimidating to all of a sudden have to build this program and then present it out to the senior leadership. Moving into manufacturing plants, I didn't even know how to press like start and start the equipment. And meanwhile, it wasn't functioning and it wasn't running. And then to have to turn that around and to go from broken to, you know, functioning and then even thriving. And these are some transitions that I certainly wanted to take on, that I was excited to take on. But I think that what we forget in that is that just because you want it and just because it means something good, how stressful it is. And that the patterns, whether you want the change or don't want the change, are actually the same. Now, the difference is when you want the change, it's easier to let go of the past which helps you move forward a little bit faster. So for example, if you went through a restructure in your job and you really loved your job or you really loved your team, it's going to be harder to let go of the past because you're probably feeling rejected, you're holding some resentment, you're feeling hurt, and then now you're thrust into this change and not knowing where you need to go. And you almost can't help but being resentful of the fact that you're in this situation because people wanted to maybe save money on overhead, or maybe there was a situation where it was, you know, this competition between you and somebody else, even if you weren't actively competing, it still happened. The stress and the pattern is all the same. In Canada, we have one-year mat leaves, so even returning back to work after having a small child after a year, you've been away so long, and now you're new again, and the whole landscape of your job has changed, and and essentially, you just kind of got to find your way to fit back in. I know America, they only have three months. Now, the landscape and the job probably hasn't changed that much, so it's not as hard in that sense. But my God, can you imagine going back to work when your baby is only three months old? Like every time I think about that, my heart breaks. I just think it's ridiculous that women have to return back after three months. And in Canada now, it's 18 months. So, you know, if you think about even going back after one year, I thought that was really long. I mean, I would still take it. Hello, I paid into the maternity leave um, as a worker. I th- I'm definitely going to take what what I paid into. But at 18 months, as much as you, yes, are going to stay at home and be with your baby, can you imagine how difficult it is after being away from me for a year and a half? There is going to be changes that you maybe don't agree with. There's going to be changes that are going to make your life now with your young babe 
a lot harder. So this is not, even though it's a privilege, it's still not easy. For my husband and I, unfortunately, he went back a lot sooner, but I returned back to work after two short months of the tragic loss of our little girl. When you're grieving and then you go back to something new and you're adding two elements of change and transition, it's uber difficult. It was probably one of the hardest times in my life. And I would say that from a confidence standpoint, it's almost like not existing. And you're moving through because you have to take action. And in some way, that's really good. Because if you're not forced to, sometimes when you're at such a low point, you won't. So thank goodness, in some ways, I had to go back. It forces me to get back. But in the beginning, you're, you're literally just taking one step forward and one step after the next. And then, of course, you know, things evolve and things change. And then you get to a spot where you're like, okay, um, I can do this. I'm ready to like live again. I'm ready to like rebuild. But you still have that time when you're something is ended. You're not letting go. You're not ready to accept it. And you're just kind of in this, you know, neutral zone before you're ready to fight again. My family and I, again, this was something that we wanted. So it was positive, but it still doesn't make it any easier all the same. But we relocated to the US for four years. And the interesting thing about this that really surprised me is that America compared to Canada feels so similar. I mean, maybe the politics are a little bit different. And then obviously, if you think about gun laws are much different. Generally speaking, the countries feel or seem so, so similar on the surface. But when you actually go and move to another country, even if it's North America, it is completely different. And you know, just even getting your license. And I didn't have to do a road test. So I had the easiest license transition that you can ask for. And even that was difficult. Like people at the Kansas City DMV are like, what? You know, you're, you're Canadian? No, you need to do this, this and this. And, and I mean, like, thank God I did my research. And I'm like, no, 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 I only need to do this. Um, please don't make me go through all that extra work and jump through those hoops for nothing. You know, that was a time for me that I thought, wow, you know, you can at least speak the language. You at least had time um, to research what this was going to be like. After going through that, it really opened my eyes to just how difficult and how stressful it must be to actually be new to a country and not speak the language and to be getting things through translation or even maybe not to be getting information at all. So just that and connecting with that was, um, you know, for me, obviously hard to go through it on my own, but then it certainly gave me a lot more compassion to people that do change countries. Then, of course, as you all know, I leave my the safety of my corporate job and I become an entrepreneur. So if there is one thing that is not for the faint at heart, I will tell you it's entrepreneurship and all the uncertainty and um rebuilding and finding like what who I am and how I fit into this world of entrepreneurship is definitely something that has created a lot of change for me and rocked my world. I'm simply sharing these things to open up, you know, I guess my door to say like, hey, I want this. 
I'm never going back. And yet it doesn't make it any less difficult. It doesn't uproot you any less than if you didn't want the change. I'm going to do here what I've always done. And that is to continue to build my self-awareness on what's holding me back, what I haven't let go of, work through and process learning to accept that in this case, that I'm still brand new, that I'm going to go down the wrong road, that I'm going to make some mistakes. And that's part of the journey. And I'm saying this now, and I have this like, you know, inspiring vibe to me, like, oh, this can be done. (laughs) But it's not easy when you realize, oh, crap, I didn't make the right decision. In fact, I think it gets the more successful you are and the older you get, I think that actually gets harder. But what's the alternative? I stay on a road that I don't want to be on out of pride, out of fear of being judged. Like no effing way am I living my life based on what I think that other people might think. Like that is ridiculous. So if there's one thing that I know and I'm getting better at is when it doesn't feel right, that it's time to reevaluate. So that is the story on why the podcast is changing from a leadership feel to a life transitions feel. And when I actually said to myself, wow, I think, I think this is what I want to do. I, I just still have a lot of heart for that. And I do believe that people can, can evolve and people can transition through. And what does it mean for them? It means their life. Like when we get stuck in compurgatory, so to speak, we don't live. And I certainly, for myself and for others, want to take on that challenge that we can transition through with courage and grace. So when I say to myself, what's the challenge that you want to take on? Well, I already mentioned it earlier. We all go through change, but not everybody transitions through. So for self-belief, for confidence, for reinvention, for evolution, for hope, and ultimately for the possibility of what's next. I'm proud to introduce myself to you as a life transitions coach, and I'll see you next week. Hey there, podcast listeners. I wanted to give you a heads up that as of September 18th, this show is no longer going to be the human-centric leadership show, and the title is going to change to the Life Transitions Guide. So keep that in mind. If you haven't saved the show, then go ahead and save it now. But if you can't find it as of Monday, then you'll know why. Thank you for your support. And I can't wait to see you inside the new show of the Life Transitions Guide.